Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Hanks Giving, the only Tom Hanks podcast where Charlie Manson is your babysitter. I'm your host, Elvis, and today our special guest is... John Brickley. John Brickley. How's it going? It's going quite swimmingly, thank you. As you can tell from the man's hilarity, he's a (laughs) stand-up comedian, and that's why he's the expert today to talk about Punchline. Yeah, definitely the expert. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this actually came out right after Big did. Big was in June, uh, June 3rd, and this movie came out October 7th, 1988, and stars... Uh, Tom Hanks. Actually, Sally Field gets top billing. What? I guess flying nuns are just, uh, you get a lot of cachet. Oh, man. Tom that... Hanks wouldn't surpass her until Forrest Gump years later. That... That is true. I wouldn't... Uh, or instead of love interests, they played mom and son. Weird, edible mom and son. And just weird Hollywood uh, roles for women of age. Exactly. Yes. But Sally Field, Tom Hanks, and our boy John Goodman. John Goodman, man. In this film. Uh, and written and directed by Dan Seltzer, who... Strange enough, um, was the writer of the original and the remake of The Omen. Really? Yeah, would not have expected that from this movie. No, but I mean, you wouldn't also expect the guy who wrote and directed the Road Warrior trilogy to have done Happy Feet, so... Yes, and strangely enough, this guy also directed a movie called Cold Feet. Weird feet. O- Only weird for this conversation. Okay. Not really relevant to our information today. Uh, Anyway, Punchline, uh, audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 42%. Critics liked it a little bit more at 50%. Uh, What did you think of the movie, John? You know, I loved it. I mean, when I was uh, younger and I watched this movie, it was not... I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't resonate as much. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm older and I'm kind of in the whole stand-up scene, a lot of it... Uh, a lot of it was like, you know, yeah, that's how that's how it feels. You know, I, I could definitely could get the emotion out of it. You were you were definitely you 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 liked the movie. You were compelled by it. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was sympathetic to the situation. Yeah, I also thought this movie was fantastic. So I'm not sure what was going on uh, back in '88 where so many people didn't care for it. Oh, well, I mean, you know, this is pre Meg Ryan era, so. That's a that's, that's a big one right there. Pre Meg Ryan era meaning what? I mean, like Tom Hanks, great, big, awesome, but like when when you like, I don't think women in general. This sounds sexist already. I don't know. Yeah. No, but like, and especially because someone didn't listen to our last week's episode where. Would you do a league of their own? No. <laughs> we haven't done that. No, but we just talked about this, actually. I'll let you finish your point. Sorry. I, I'm just saying that, like, I think Tom Hanks really hit his stride when he was doing romantic comedies with Meg Ryan. You don't think he hit his stride and blew up when Big came out? Blew, uh, blew up is a... I'm, I'm honestly... I'm, I'm actually surprised. So maybe you're correct. I'm actually surprised that Tom Hanks isn't given top billing in this movie because... Big was his first big, huge starring role yeah. and breaking out. And I'm so, I guess it's just Sally Field was, she had the credit, she had the cachet. And it is technically her movie. Yeah, I mean. So that makes sense. But even in those cases, it usually seems like they give it to the leading role, uh, the yeah. leading, the first title anyway, to the guy. Mm-hmm. But you were about to say about Meg Ryan. I was just saying that Meg Ryan, I feel like that's when, you know, Tom Hanks movies really hit their stride when Meg Ryan movies like, 
when him and Meg Ryan were paired up and were doing doing their whole romantic comedy thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's definitely, obviously, a lot of mainstream appeal to the Meg Ryan Tom Hanks. Oh yeah. As uh, discovered in last week's episode, though, uh, I find that uh, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long totally outweighs. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, way better on-screen couple. Oh, Money Pit. Money Pit, fantastic. Uh, and actually, on here, in this movie, I'm really digging the vibe I'm getting from Tom Hanks and Sally Field. I enjoyed their uh, their banter together. They got some great banter. Some, oh, yeah. Even some decent sexual chemistry. For sure, for sure. And uh, some really strong emotions in this movie. I was really surprised. This is the first time I saw it. I loved it, and like... I was on the the direction of this movie, the performances. I'm honestly surprised that in all the rankings of what's the best Tom Hanks performances you've ever seen, this one's not even given a mention. But I want to get into that more a little bit deeply, uh, a little bit later. Let's dive through and kind of just do a quick breakdown of what the story is, what goes on in this movie. Okay. Although I'm gonna say it right now, if this is a movie you haven't seen, uh, because again, like me, I hadn't seen it and it was kind of lost in the Tom Hanks library, you might want to see this before listening to the rest of this podcast because it's a great movie. And the less you know about it going in, I think the better. Yeah, if you if you don't know anything about it, you'll you'll come out really surprised. Yeah. The other end. yeah. Um, we've talked it up a bunch, but yeah, I would mm-hmm. check it out, pause this podcast, go listen to it, or go watch the movie, and then come back and listen to this podcast. It really does things that you want to accept, yeah. expect. Yeah, and it, it's very compelling. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. And now we're going to go spoil it all. Um, so, John, what's the story of this movie? I'll well, start, actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just one of those things that you do where it's just like, oh, tell us the story. Well, you know what? Why don't I do it? No, no. I just, I, I'm going to let you actually go through it, but I, mm-hmm. I, I have this thing. Every episode, I like to go and discuss the first shot and the last shot of a movie. Okay. Um, just to see if we can pull anything interesting out of that. And I'll just chime in with the first shot right now. But the first shot of this movie uh, is like underneath the train tracks and we see a, in a kind of a snowy-ish haze at mm-hmm. night, we see a taxi pull up and it takes us to this crummy little diner and Sally Field walks out. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a striking shot. It, give, it definitely gives you a, a little place, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, the coming into the distance. I like it. And it'll make more sense once we get to that last shot. But she goes into the diner, and what's she doing there? Uh, she meets up with this guy, and it looks like it's like some shady drug deal that's going on. And she's like, you know, you got the stuff, and he produces the product, and she wants to test it out a little bit. And when you find out that she's looking to buy jokes... <laughs> Uh, and I don't know about you, but I feel like that's like an affront to me. Because, like, I understand collaborating, but just straight out buying jokes. We'll get to how you feel about this as a stand-up comedian. Okay. And the, and the sp- 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 uh, specific differences therein. Uh, but I thought this scene was a, a great start, a little clever turn. Like, I was just buying jokes. That's so interesting. And it tells you so much about what she wants. What yeah. she's passionate about and what she's not good at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was a great introduction to the character. This movie follows two characters, which was Sally Field and Tom Hanks. Uh, both comedians, one on each spectrum. One is a underground sensation, while the other one is just starting out. And uh, they 
start to build a rocky relationship through their passion. And uh, during this entire... Uh, during the movie, you see the hurdles that each of them have to go through to get to uh, a position where comments, where they actually have to fight or they have to go up against each other in a contest. Mm-hmm. Um, She's struggling and, yeah. and straddling both her passion mm-hmm. and nights as a, a budding stand-up comedian, yeah. trying to find the funny that's natural to her, but she's also... On the, on the other hand, dealing with her home life, her husband played by John Goodman, yeah. her three children, mm-hmm. uh, and how those things are not simpatico, and her husband just wants her to quit because he doesn't see what's going on. And an important part of that is that Sally Field is not letting him come to see her show. Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks is do- dealing with, he's been, at medical, he's been at medical school, or rather his father, who's a doctor, and yeah. His brother was a doctor. They kind of forced him to go to medical school, but he's not cut out for it. Uh, he's passionate about stand-up com- uh, comedy. He's good at it, and he kind of flunks out of medical school. He's been telling his whole father a lie, and the more we get to see of Tom Hanks' character, we see how emotionally unstable he is, mm-hmm. and this is a really powerful, dark performance. Was there anything that specifically stood out to you as a, as a stand-up that you just sunk your teeth into? It was uh, watching the people in, like, the green room, you know, getting ready, like, you know, just talking to each other about whatever. Not necessarily talking about their stuff, their own sets, but the show. I spent many a time just hanging out with a bunch of comics, talking about what's going on, complaining, and there's a lot of complaining, and I, I think... I think this kind of captured a little bit of that, of, you know, of what other comics think of one another. Um, that that stood out for me. Also, it's just, you know, the grind going. Uh, you can see that Tom Hanks is in it to win it because yeah, he's there every night. Doing different shows in yeah, different places. Exactly. Not just stopping at comedy clubs, doing street shows, doing shows at hospitals, doing whatever he can. You really get the the impression that Tom Hanks is the kind of comedian who has to do it. It's a compulsion for him to perform for lots of people. Whereas Sally Field is kind of the other side of it, where it's like, it's a passion, she has a desire, she loves getting laughs, but it's not a compulsion for her. It Mm -hmm. is kind of the weekend hobby for her. And that's kind of her great struggle. And I found that showcasing those two sides of the coin was really fascinating and that they can both be really good, too. Right. You know, I, always, I thought it was weird, you know, that how they had that, that nun comedian? Yes, it was, a, it was a male dressed as a nun, nun. Yeah. doing very character comedy. Yeah, definitely character comedy. The, the funny thing is, is I, I honestly think that's a, kind of a hint back to the Flying Nun series. Of course! Yeah. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that, but that yeah. makes perfect sense. I mean, Sally Field has a storied career with Gidget, Flying Nun, Murphy's Romance. Which uh, I believe came out right just before this, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And then uh, going on to do Mrs. Doubtfire, Force Gump. Yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think she was the reason why Spider-Man was bad. No, she was one of the best parts. Yeah. Although I still prefer the old Aunt May. I agree with you. No, no, no hurt towards Sally Field. But she, and she's fantastic in this movie. 
yeah. I love the different hairstyles she goes with, and For she's sure. just trying to find her look. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how insecure she is, but how she you totally buy her as a really a genuinely funny person. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I I'm, maybe I'm biased because I have the Tom Hanks podcast, but I think Tom mm-hmm. Hanks gives an even bit better performance than Sally Field in this movie. Well, I mean... It's certainly a bigger performance. It's, I think it's because they're so different. Like, she's suffering with this kind of, like, dichotomy of home life and work and her passion. And he is just dealing with instability all the way around. He's a young punk kid in that just got kicked out of medical school. Yeah, he's got a lot of rage. Yeah. He's got a lot of... Family strife, and we're gonna get to that in a minute. Like his his color of choice is red. He's very passionate. Yes. He's uh, he's hard as out on his sleeve, even when he doesn't want it to be. Yeah, he's so vulnerable. Oh yeah. That you just you can see the pieces splintering, which is so much like a stand up co- comedian. Oh, They're yeah. totally funny, but as he says in the movie, nothing in my life is funny. Mm-hmm. I might be paraphrasing just a bit. But the sentiment yeah. is the same, that because his life is so depressing, that's why he has to be funny. Exactly. Do you feel like that's true for you, John? You know, I feel like some of the best material that I've ever come up with have been through some of the worst experiences I've had to deal with. That sounds about true yeah. to the human experience. Well, the, there's a... Uh, you don't have to break open and, and cut no, your no, wrists no. on this podcast. There, there, but there's a, there's a little saying that, that you hear is like, once you become a happy comic, you're not a comic anymore. Yeah, you're not funny anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about the comics in the in this movie. Uh, who is your favorite comedian? Maybe leave it. Let's leave out the two the two leads right now. Okay, you know, um, I think my my favorite comic that wasn't the lead. Um, I would say it's going to be a, a toss-up of Damon Wayans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have much screen time, no. but he had a pretty good joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that, uh, his, his jokes. Um, I also really enjoyed the, the, uh, the guy who was getting heckled a lot. Big guy, curly hair, mustache. Yes. His wife came out to support him during oh, the competition. Yeah. I, like, he, I like how... He was so nervous at the end of the movie, and Sally yeah. Field's going in because she's just a great person. Mm-hmm. Tries to convince him to go. She does. Uh, and you can tell he's he, she kind of built up his confidence, and he's he's doing a lot better. Like, yeah. he's there, but he's still not funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's well, so he was, true. He was definitely more funny than he was throughout. Yes. Like, it was he, definitely he, his he, best performance. Yeah. Like, there was no way he was going to win, but he was getting a couple chuckles. I want to talk about... Let's talk about the direction of this movie, because I was really impressed with the way it was shot and how that really congealed with the performances in just a beautiful way. And this is coming off of... We just watched The Money Pit, and uh, that movie, well, very fun, and, like, the timing of the the gizmo humor set pieces really mm-hmm. funny and really well done. The lighting in that is terrible. There's just giant silhouettes of the two leads on all of the walls. Like they didn't even try to light it. This movie, it looks great. It feels great. It's super slick, super professional. 
Um, I love the, there's like the scene where he's going up to perform for the big wig who's there in the audience and yeah. we don't quite know what's going on. And it's just this, this tense like walk and talk almost like a Sorkin march up to it and he's feeling it and he's got his boy Romeo, his new agent, just mm-hmm. talking him up. And it felt so like, this is stand-up comedy, but it yeah. felt so tense and there was more of that. Like, I love the scene where it's Sally Field and Tom Hanks. They're in the back of the cab. And yeah. this is kind of like their the culmination of their affair. It's like, yeah. are we going to go and have this romantic? Is she mm-hmm. going to go back to their husband? And they're both so vulnerable. They both want it. And I want them to kiss. Did you want them to kiss? It's complicated, but I really wanted them to kiss. Yeah, like... I didn't want them to I feel like together. it felt... Right at that moment, exactly. It was a momentary, thing. but like, yeah, like, as much as John Goodman's character was a big douche nozzle, like at he the was, beginning, like he wasn't a bad guy. He was a loving father who had who had to deal with an absentee wife. I mean, yeah, no, it was it was difficult. But yeah, I love how every character, nobody was given the the short change in being just a one dimensional character. That's not true at all. Oh, who was? It was the comic who all he wanted to do was like leech off of other people's success. Oh, that's that's true. But I feel like that guy probably exists in real life. It's so true. That's me. <laughs> I'm that guy. That's why yeah. he's on the podcast. Today. Exactly. Uh, you can see me every night. No- <laughs> <laughs> every character has this. Uh, there's a humanity to them. Yeah, everybody. Everybody has. But a yeah, dark side. And in, in, in this movie does a really good job of kind of showcasing it. Even even the main character, uh, Sally Field's character, she, right off the bat, I mean, some of the things that she was doing was really selfish. Yeah, stealing the vacation money yeah. to buy terrible jokes. Granted, she didn't know they were terrible to yeah. begin with, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's just a rookie mistake. Yeah. What's great about this movie, and again, complimenting the direction, complimenting the performances, complimenting the writing... Uh, is that you really care about these characters. Again, if you haven't seen it, you should really give it a check check it out. Because you think, oh, it's just about stand-up comedy, it's kind of low stakes, but you feel the stakes. When she is deciding whether or not to join Tom Hanks to learn about comedy and get better and kind of follow this sort of mentor figure he is, or go home and be faithful to her husband and have this dinner ready. Yeah. And there's this moment before she gets on the train with him where she's deciding, and I'm there on the edge of my seat. I want her to go, but I know it's going to cost <laughs> it. And it's just like, oh, my God. And she goes, of course. And it's just, it's a fantastic, terrible choice. And oh, yeah. you can't get enough of that in a movie, I think. What I find that was so odd with that with that scene is, that not only does she make the decision to go and, you know, learn about the comedy and go against her husband's wishes, but he she she makes it back and successfully pulls off a dinner throughout the like and with like if he if, if certain things wouldn't happen at dinner, he wouldn't even know. There's this big scene right after the her, their whole sequence where they're out and they're exploring comedy and glowing closer, growing closer, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. And then, boom, she takes a taxi home. She's got the grocery bags of the already cooked dinner because she yeah. doesn't have any time. And we just hit this big music cue. It's like the Baby's Day Out commercial yeah. music cue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This huge music cue. She's trying to get ready. She's telling her her daughters, get your big dresses on. And she's just fumbling around. She's 
the water's not working for some reason. I don't remember if that was a I plot think point. they talked about something like that. They just, like, you had to get the water out of the shower or something. That's right, yeah. And then she steals the water from the, the fish the tank, tank, which was hilarious. And, of course, I kind of saw that she was going to oh, take yeah. her fish coming. I you love that. How do you not know that? That's I love that it was off screen, though. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. where you see it in someone's cup, and that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. I love that it was just off screen. It was just implied. Uh,. But no, and I love my favorite part is like it's so unexpected because the whole time this is coming together, you think it's not gonna work out. It's gonna blow up in her face. And actually, you were calling while we were watching that John Goodman wasn't gonna have faith in her and took uh, took the clients out to dinner elsewhere. I was, I was, I honestly thought that that was what the way it was gonna go. Yeah, and I, I was right there with you. I knew, I thought something was gonna burst because mm-hmm. this was a bubble that was getting bigger, and it's like. This is how a movie goes, but this it, I love how it just kind of reverses it just a bit, and everything is perfect. John Goodman comes in with the religious clients, everything's yeah. great, and she totally makes it. Yeah. She gets her cake, and she eats it too. There's a bit of a little air hiccup, hiccup with the, the fish, but we, we don't even we breeze right past it. It's totally fine. And then we're at dinner. Yeah. And then, of course, it does fall apart. Oh, it's yes. not as big spectacularly. As, as, it, yes, it's not as like big as like oh, it's obviously her fault as it would be. But oh, I mean, well, I mean, when you tell start telling a joke, that uh, I mean, when this and when this little girl says, yeah. "I have a joke to tell," you totally say, this is yeah. gonna be bad. This is not gonna be. There's a reverend. In yeah, the, there's like the two table. priests there. <laughs> Yeah, there was an old priest and a young priest. Uh, it was like the beginning of the exorcism. One of the best moments. Actually, there's two moments in this movie that I was just floored by. And, of course, they're big Tom Hanks moments. Yeah. The first one is when he's going up on stage, and this is his big moment. There's someone there to see him. He mm-hmm. thinks it's going to be this big agent or this big studio person. And, and... and I love... And at first, I, I couldn't even believe how smart the movie was being because they say, oh, there's someone here to see you. And he, and he assumes, of course, it's going to be this person. Yeah. So he goes up on stage and he catches it. And without any dialogue, just the look of disappointment and the dread as he's seeing this older gray-haired dude that it's his dad. And the movie's being very smart. And then... Tom Hanks loses it, has yeah. a total breakdown. Melts down like you and I believe. And it was on a stage, spectacular too. failure. It was one of the worst bombs I've ever seen. It hurts to watch this. It was like it was like uh, an exposed nerve. Again, I have to say, this I'm surprised this movie hasn't come up on more best performances. Because when he opens up and kind of just melts down on stage, I was like Again, I was floored. I was like, wow, this is this is some real raw stuff. A lot of it is the the only downside is like I don't even know if it's a downside because we get a lot of exposition about his father and the relationship up front. But I don't actually think that hurts the movie because if it had been more about it, I think mm-hmm. what you were trying to say earlier about how the movie doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. it would have been like dwelling on it. Well, I feel like if it would have taken if it would have like I said taken too seriously there would have been some weird kind of conflict resolution with the father yeah and that would have become the plot yeah instead of just and that wouldn't no no father is gonna be happy that their son decided i'm gonna give up 
uh, medical school to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, he the reason why my dad is like cool with it is because he knows I'm never going to have any other aspirations in life. <laughs> I think he'd make a good dental hygienist. I do look good in purple scrubs, so... I, that's you're absolutely right in that because the father thing is not it's just part of the character it's not the plot of the yeah. movie because we don't ever come back to it we we, do, we have a conversation about it right. with Sally Field's character mm-hmm. and how he's feeling but it's never what the movie's about but that scene outside of one other is like one of the most important scenes in the movie it just tells you Definitely. so much about his character and I love that we're just spending time with these people in their lives and sure there's definitely yeah. this driving thing with the contest but it's more about just seeing who they are where their comedy is coming from and you can tell his is just from kind of fear of rejection yeah. and this growing resentment and just this pace in, in this place of pain weird scarring situations in his life mm-hmm. uh just the stories that he was telling when he was bombing were just there were those are something that like you just don't want to tell those kind of stories. No, you don't tell those stories yeah. to your your best friend, your wife, your mm-hmm. your lawyer. Those are things you don't want out. You're there. gonna do the Anglo-Saxon Christian thing and just let it just bear down in your soul. Take it to the yeah. grave. Yeah. Because this is the reason why we get ulcers, people. This is the reason why ulcers are a good thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I mean he was, he was bursting at the seams. This guy, and mm-hmm. it's funny how after that scene you just. Everything about his character, you you watch him a different way. He's so True. vulnerable. We've kind of danced around it. What do you think of the the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Sally Field? What I really enjoy about this entire, it's just like it is a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they both get something out of each other, and it transcends like like passion. Yeah, like romance. And stuff it certainly like that. transcends romance. I don't think yeah. he understands that right away. No, because uh, you know, as a he's supposed to be in his early twenties mm-hmm. in this movie. How do you understand a relationship other than either friends or boofing? I mean, like that's <laughs> like I remember, like at that age, there was a. An idea that you can only be friends with men and you can never be friends with girls because there's always, like, it's either you're trying to do something, um, either you're trying to get with them or you are trying to not have anything to do with them. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, certainly even more true mm-hmm. yeah. at uh, the age of the payphone. Yeah. Which is when this movie takes place. Exactly. Uh, which, yeah, but I, I, I love that you can, if you, you're paying attention, for mm. the most part, the movie is really informing how they do have this strong connection. And again, it's so, I love how it's so uh, enforced after his meltdown on stage, we just finished yeah. talking about, with how they go to the bowling alley. And I love that yeah. they're at a bowling alley. What a great yeah. choice. And it kind of, and there's that nice symmetry later where he makes a comment about her hair, mm. like a bowling ball. Um, but they're at the bowling alley and they're just kind of being vulnerable and opening up to each other about obviously his stuff with his father, her stuff with her husband. Yeah. And like, this is why they're getting close. And of course he, as a younger guy, as kind of this emotional dude, a little unstable, 
he would be drawn to this very intense relationship, but of course he would characterize it, mischaracterize it yeah. as romantic affection. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little bit, because obviously they have the kiss in the taxi, Yeah. a little bit coming her way, but I feel like that, for her, that's more just kind of like fancy, what stays in Vegas, vacation kissing. Yeah. It's not a, I'm really drawn to this, per- I mean, she's drawn to this person too, but not in the same way. Yeah. He, I mean, this guy's proposing to her in a bit. It's the adolescent behavior that you can see really coming out at, after his breakdown. Like, yes, he, you know, he's irresponsible in the beginning, but when he, after he has his breakdown, you can tell, like, they, he, he talks about going to a shrink, and he goes to a shrink for a reason. He definitely, yeah, that's yeah. not a lie, that's not a joke, mm-hmm. he's going there. Yeah, and his, his relationship with her is just predicated on his mistaking her ad- admiration for affection. Yes, and... I mean, the other reason why these two are drawn together, or at least why he's drawn to her, mm-hmm. is besides that, is that you see there's definitely a relationship with all the other comics yeah. at this place, but none of them are friends. They're mm-hmm. all show friends. For sure. But... Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I think that with... They're, the They are all friendly towards each other. Yes. Except for Stephen Gold. Stephen Gold is the glory boy, which every one of them uh, hates being in the shadow of. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's true. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean to insinuate the 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 rest of the comics weren't actually friendly. Yeah. But I feel like they're friendly to him, but mm-hmm. and he's definitely a member of the family, but they don't let him be close. He can't be Correct. open like this yeah. with anybody, and he's able to do that with Sally Field's character because a reason there's this mutual admiration this yeah. respect he does find her actually funny mm-hmm. and she's an outsider more importantly exactly Be- and that because she's an outsider I think that's why he can trust her right right uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the diner scene um, the diner scene that that was a powerful scene this is where this is where you really feel the mix up this is after the yeah. the late night kiss after the late night kiss she's come home he kind of harassed her into coming out to yeah, see... Yeah, by calling her on the phone. By calling her on the phone and talking and just saying how much your husband was a D-bag and that he, she'd be better off with him. So he gets all gussied up and ready to go and she comes in and they start talking and she and she's trying to let him down easy while he is just going forward and not seeing the signals that she doesn't want to yeah. want that kind of relationship. Um, and and again, another thing about this direction, there's a lot of long takes in this movie. There's a lot of wonder scenes. Mm-hmm. This is for the most part, I think, a One completely shot. unbroken thing. And it goes on. It 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 does. There is mm-hmm. cuts later on, but yeah. it's for the most part just the performance. Exactly. And, and yeah. it's not that there's in a single shot. Like they kind of shifted up by the blocking. And I'm just I was just enthralled by it and go on to the the, the content well I'm sorry I'm so excited I keep jumping oh no in. it's so good though I understand you, uh, you know Sally feels trying to you know say hey I can't do comedy anymore and I can't see you because what we did was not good and he is already planning their future you know we're gonna run off together do comedy I'm gonna meet your kids I'm gonna be a great dad Let's get married. That's insane. Yeah. But you know what? I can see... I remember at that age having 
these weird feelings of, of thinking that certain things are going to be permanent. Relationships never change. And by God, do they ever change? <laughs> they yeah. sure do. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you buy him at this young, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just flunked out of medical school comedian. Mm-hmm. For sure. You, you see him all in. He's the kind of guy that goes all in on something and... If it doesn't work out, it's the end of the world. I think what hurts him doubly so in this scene uh, is not only that she's rejecting him, but he's her, his heart is broken twice over because she's rejecting stand-up comedy and yeah. everything that she he loves about her and she loves mm-hmm. about him. Uh, really, that's really all they know about each other is that they hate their outside lives and the only thing they have in common is this hobby of theirs which is again why it's such a juvenile love for Mm -hmm. him and why he's so devastated because this is the one thing they share right right and but the scene where or the the end of the scene where he's walking away and he's doing the i'm singing in the rain it's hilarious it's heartbreaking and then he's just also horrifying yeah just standing in the middle of the road in the pouring rain dancing while cars are driving by him like, he could have gotten hit at any point in time. And in that moment, you know he didn't care. Because he's oh, yeah. such this emotional train wreck. Yes. That it's like... <sighs> Again, okay. two... I mean, the whole movie is fantastic. But those two scenes stand out for me. Which one... Which one did you... Let's talk about both of them. Let's just compare them just for fun. Okay. The, the meltdown on stage and then the singing in the rain heartbreak. Which one did what for you? What was there one you liked better? I think it's the singing in the rain. You because that one. I just remember when I was younger, around that age, and getting rejected by a girl. You played it off like it was, like it was cool, but then you would do something so ridiculous, to just be like to to let them know that you're over it. When you know for a fact that you're not. You were so far from Oh, right. man. I think I agree with you. Because this time it was a scene about them. The movie's about the two of them. Yeah. She's more participating in the scene. And just the, the imagery of him being in the actual rain and then in the traffic was just, like, haunting. Oh, definitely. I've been there. Not literally, but emotionally. I think I understand that. Yeah. I hope I'm... I don't know. Is it a stupid thing to hope you're not there again? Because to f- you don't want to be so foolish but to feel something so fully again, even if it's pain. Wow. It's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, then again, and even if you feel that depth of pain, you'll be really funny about it later in life. The pain, it can, it can make you stronger. It can make you more callous. He does have that... At the, by the end. At that point in time, he... I mean, he's still unraveling, because you can see it when he's working up the crowd with the megaphone. Yeah. He's still hurting. But mm-hmm. around her, it's all business. He's mm-hmm. nice. He's cordial. But he knows that it was... It, he's not going to pull any punches either. Yeah, it's over. Um, and, I, and before we talk about the very end, because uh, I want to spend a little time with that, yeah. uh, let's jump into the accuracy of the stand-up comedy world. Tell, tell, I mean, obviously, it's a movie. It's mm. going to be a little exaggerated. Some things are going to be wrong. This was, what, uh, like almost 30 years ago, so the world was a little different, maybe. Yeah. But how did your experience, like, if you if you were a Sally Field just getting started, as you were a couple of years ago. I was definitely Sally Field. <laughs> 
You were not. I just got off of Murphy's Romance, guys, and I was ready to do something different. Uh, how do you feel like the starting out stacks up? Starting out, you she was only two weeks in, and she was getting paid to do a show. <laughs> uh, like I'm smelling something. Starting out doing stand up. I mean, you could go do open mics anywhere. Nobody's gonna put you on to a show as something like this two weeks in, never been greener. The funny thing that I think of is they apparently in this land of stand up comedy, um, anybody who can get 10 minutes like easily in, in a big club with that's packed with people, that is not how it works. You spend Hours upon hours upon hours in open mics, going from one open mic to the other, just waiting for five minutes on stage. Now, keep in mind, this is in Southern California where I have done my, my I've been cutting my teeth in stand-up. Sure, this was New York, where yeah. everything happens fast. Exactly. Um, so, but nobody, nobody is going to give anybody who's that green more than five minutes on stage. There were... Uh, a few things uh, that they nailed. Uh, trading time slots is something that people do. I mean, that doesn't necessarily happen, but it but people pose that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a nice detail where it's just like, it's not important, it doesn't take very long, we don't yeah. dwell on it, but it's a nice little, here's coloring the world of stand-up exactly, comedy. You exactly. get to really see behind the scenes. This movie, there's a lot of uh, assumptions that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, one of them is working on your jokes is okay, but the best comedy comes from crowd work. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think that's where... It certainly has that argument. I don't yeah. know if that's exactly where the where the movie lands, because the best material that she has at the end is her own stuff. Right. It's not. It, it's just that she starts. I feel like the 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 movie advocates that crowd work is a good way to start, to open up, to get you ready. And it's easy, right. obviously. That's that was a big thing for her. Yeah. Because she, she was new and she needed something easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, crowd work is great, and I I wish I was better at it. But uh, <laughs> but crowd work really is to get your your audience comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. So I really I really enjoy. This I just I think that a lot of a lot more of the jokes that hit the best there's usually pre-made material that you've worked on day in and day out. Let's uh, let's build up to the ending before they get to the competition. Uh, we have a scene where Sally Field's going to go to it. She yeah. talks to her kids and to her husband, but using her kids kind of as this nice how she's explaining it to her husband, right. uh, speaking to him through them about why she knows she doesn't necessarily deserve all of the things she wants in life, but she's got to at least try. One of my favorite beats is just John Goodman saying, can I see you? Not not to talk to her, but can I see you do it? Yeah. He, he wants to support his wife. I think we all, when he said that the first time, we were all like, oh, oh shit. shit. And no, he's no. he's a good guy. I love John Goodman. Yeah, he was. I think this is more like his breakout role as a because I saw him in a movie uh, earlier called Chud. And it is a <laughs> terrible, terrible movie. 
Uh, um, we'll do that. John Goodman is one of the versatile and such powerful actors that he's another yeah. one that could be a whole podcast. Oh, definitely. Like, once definitely. Tom Thanksgiving is over, years <laughs> into the future, maybe we'll get around to... Uh, uh, John... Well, we'll um, be some sort of weird holographic radio something. Or yeah, it might not be a podcast by that point because yeah. we'll, those will be extinct, but we'll have something for John Goodman. For sure, for sure. Uh, but no, just such a... Like, this is where... There's certainly humanity in him before, but when he does this to support his wife, it's like, wow, what a great guy. He really does love her. But you can see uh, in this character how he got the role as uh, Dan in Roseanne. Yes. Yeah. Because he's no nonsense, but he, he loves his family. He's got the biggest heart. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, that's 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 so wonderful. Like, this is... It's it's not a traditional love triangle, but it's a fucking satisfying love triangle. Oh, yeah. So well written. It's so well counterpoint. I love that we never have to have Hanks and Goodman meet because yeah. that's completely unnecessary to the story because exactly. there's no actual competition there. There's no competition, and it doesn't. It do, It's not necessary for the plot to move. No, forward. no. It's but it's this lovely, just counterbalance of life's. I mean, it's more just like Tom Hanks represents. The passionate lifestyle she wants, and John Goodman represents, you know, her family, her yeah, her, her priorities, values, yeah. her values, everything, and just wow, beautiful. So anyway, we get to the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two performances, Sally Field and Tom Hanks. Sally Field goes out, kills it, does some great ca- crowd work, does some yeah. fantastic new jokes, stuff I'm actually laughing at, of course, too. Yeah, the movie's yeah. genuinely it funny. Was good. Um, na- totally nails it, and then we get to. Hanks. Oh, yeah. And again, he has this very rough start where you think he's not going to pull together because mm-hmm. he's he's making fun of the, the judges and he's getting kind of in their face and no laughs. But then he totally pulls it around and he just has this bombastic, crazy, crazy, loud performance where he's got a lot of risque, just in-your-face jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have uh, the Hanksiest line in the movie, which is kind of this end of his rant. Where he just goes, I don't hate debutantes! I don't hate debutantes! And he's just being all hanksy and up and down. No, he also kills it. Yes. And then we go and we have the drawn out sequence. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to win? Yeah. Uh, and right before that, John, who? Which comedian did you like best? Ooh, um. Like, uh, if you were judging that contest, I would have gone with Sally Field. I would have too. Yeah. Her material was better. Yeah. I, I mean, even without the rough start, mm-hmm. I thought she was funnier. Tom Hanks is great. And it's obvious from the movie and just what we know about the characters, Tom Hanks is the one that would go on to be famous if it was going to be one of them. Yeah. Because this is just not her. She's going to keep doing it as the mm-hmm. weekend comedian. Yeah. She's going to get some fun out of it. She's going to get some recognition, but it's going to be mm-hmm. all small time. Yeah. And he's there because this is him. He just got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his this is life. what he was. This is what his future is banking. Yeah. yeah, even if it's like not what he's born to do, this yeah. is the thing that drives him. This is the main option. Yeah, because there's nothing else for this guy. Right. No good family background. Yeah. Certainly no love interest at the moment. Exactly. He's committed to this. Yep. Uh, but no, she is the superior comedian, and like the movie advocates as well, she wins the contest. Um, However. She's she's such this great person. She sees. She sees that, no. If she wins or loses, 
She still gets to go home with her family. Right, right, because right before... Uh, right, this is why that ending is so powerful, so great, is right before they announce the winner, yeah. she gets a note, and it's from her husband, and she says, our contest is over. You win. Mm-hmm. Love, John. His name is John, because it's John Goodman. Yeah. Uh, no, your name is John. Yeah. Someday you have to write that on a napkin and give it to me. Okay. <laughs> she gets this wonderful little victory from her husband, and it's like, at that moment, she doesn't need to win. She already has, because she has everything in her life. She's got the three things she cared about. Her being a mom, being you know, a wife, life and, and being, being a, a comedian. comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's it's a dated enough movie where she has to say, a comedian. Yeah. So we use the term comic now. It's very androgynous. Of course, the comic book fan nerds very pissed off by it. It gets very confusing for them. <laughs> so she she wins the contest, though, but I think in part, a large part because of the support from her husband and that kind of victory. She doesn't need it, so she gives the gift of... Walking out so Tom Hanks can win the contest. Because right. this is what... It means so much more to him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he wins the contest. He wins the contest. And what I love is another just really beautiful choice in the direction. We see the end of the contest. There's music playing. But we don't see the dialogue. We don't hear the dialogue. Right. It's just a silent moment where you can see he's, he's being thanked. Everybody's talking. But it's just it's just a nice choice. And uh, what we do here is the conversation between Sally Field and John Goodman as they walk to find their car. And we close in our last shot, which is uh, very much symmetrical to the first shot where we're panning away from the gas station and seeing them walk away into the distance. Where this time, Mm -hmm. where Sally Field started out coming out from the the darkness to desperate and looking for something, she's leaving having... Both sides of what she wanted. Correct. And just totally winning. Getting her cake and eating it, too. Fucking... And this... She earns this happy ending. This movie totally earns it. And so does Tom Hanks' character. He goes through a lot of shit, and he totally deserves it. Uh, It's obvious that he wasn't the funniest, but he... You know what? He works for it, and he's going to make sure he's the funniest next time. Exactly. Beautiful movie. It was really... Absolutely lovely. Well done. Well done. If you guys want to see Tom Hanks at probably one of his most vulnerable, um, check this movie out. Yeah, this is right up there with Woody in the Toolbox. Ooh. Wow. Very smart. Very funny. Very emotional. It, it has a lot in this movie. It's dense. It's great. Take a bite out of it. Go see it. It's wonderful. I love it. If love this it. movie was a flavor of ice cream or gelato, if all Tom Hanks movies were a flavor of ice cream, which one would this be? I think it would be a Choco Taco. A Choco Taco? Why do you say that? Because you bite into this and like you, you, you feel like it's a hard world of these people just trying to make it as, as stand-up comics, but in... And after in in the beginning, you see their 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 shallow their outer core. You bite into that, and you get that. Uh, you get the ice cream. You get the the, the gooey fudge. And you kind of you, you appreciate the outside more because you've seen what's on the inside. Yes. Okay, I can see that. And also because Choco Taco, I feel like is. 
certainly an obscure ice cream, something you yeah. don't think about when you think of ice cream. Mm-hmm. But when you come across it, you're like, this is awesome. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Where has this been all my life? Exactly. Choco Taco. That is this Tom Hanks movie on ice cream. All right. Well, that's been it for this show. Thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at TomHanksPod. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, write to us at TomHanksPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to uh, subscribe on iTunes, give us, a, give us a rating, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for being on the show, John. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you and your wonderful comedy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Brickley and on Instagram at John Brickley Standup. Uh, and you can also check out my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 at Shaky Town Live. Um, other than that... Here in Los Angeles. Here in Los Angeles. Don't look for Shaky Town Live and... Everywhere else. Everywhere else. <laughs> oh, and I have my other podcast, Superhero Sampler. Uh, where I discuss old superhero cartoons from the uh, early days up until the, the new days, I guess. But it's really good. The other co-host of that podcast is one Elliot Campos, who should be on the show next week to talk about lady killers. Ooh. Because me and Elliot, we're the top lady killers we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks. We fell in love with you, Tom Hanks, just like so many do deeply, because you made us smile, and you're great on screen style, so that's why we give thanks, cause you've got a friend.